This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Build that wall. Build that wall. Hey, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. I almost forgot. We got a great guest uh, that should be joining us here in a couple of minutes. And then for the rest of the hour, we're going to have the phone lines open for you. Anything and everything you want to talk about here on this Freedom Friday with this show. But uh, a Lego wall. That's the wall we're talking about building here shortly. Um, this was a kind of a cool story. In fact, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, some of the news uh, involving school boards and school districts. And uh, one of our friends at School District 2 in Billings said, hey, check out this story. This is kind of cool. This is what one of our students is up to right now. So um, she's an eighth grader at Lewis and Clark Middle School in Billings, Montana. And she's trying to build a Lego wall. Build that wall. She's building a Lego wall for the Boys and Girls Club of America, but she doesn't have enough Legos. And so, you know, I know there's many of you out there. How many of you are still stepping on those Legos in the middle of the night while you stumble through the house? Well, save your feet and build that wall. Uh, So, yeah, anyway, we're going to talk with that young lady here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, She's doing it, uh, you know, kind of as a a cool um, leadership program through the school, and and this was the idea she came up with. But, you know, basically, you know, uh, she'll talk more about it here in a second, but but she says she wanted to do this project uh, not only to foster leadership and community service among students, but also, hey, it's a great way to, to stimulate the uh, the minds of young people and also reduce stress among students as well. And, yeah, what kids don't like Legos? I'm, I'm amazed. Even even our older kids, like, they still love getting Legos, uh, even though they're in high school. They, they still love uh, putting together Legos and, and setting things up. So uh, we'll have that uh, story coming up for you here in just a second. If you want to donate, maybe you don't want to give up your Legos because, you know, those things can be valuable. Or maybe your kids still like playing with them. You can donate cash or you can donate Legos if you want to get rid of those things so you stop stepping on them in the middle of the night. Uh, we've got all the details on our Montana Talks website. All right, and then later this morning, I mentioned we got phone lines open for most of the 8 o'clock hour, starting around 8.20. We'll open up the phone lines and then uh, keep them open for the rest of the hour. We'll kick off the 9 o'clock hour with open phones as well. And then two other uh, guests will be joining us in the 9 o'clock hour. Um, NACs, have you guys been hearing about these NACs, these natural asset companies? This was this was a crazy story, crazy what the SEC was looking to do here. Basically, what these what these NACs would have done is it would have allowed the radical environmental groups to use the the stock exchanges to raise money to try to shut down your businesses and shut down your industry. Well, the SEC is now uh, uh, thankfully put a halt to this. We're going to talk with Kathleen Sagama from the Western Energy Alliance with an update on that story. Because uh, you know that threat's going to reappear down the road. So uh, we still need to keep people informed on that one. And then Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke joining us on Freedom Friday. He'll be in the uh, in the final segment of the hour. So uh, lots to talk about, of course, with uh, Congressman Ryan Zinke from the Western Congressional District here in Montana. Quick break. Uh, we'll chat with our guest. working to build that wall, that Lego wall. And then we'll open up the phone lines for you. Here is your Montana news. An illegal immigrant is looking at up to 30 years in prison for homicide in Gallatin County. Francisco Canales stabbed a man to death in summer 2022 upon discovery that the man was intimate with Canales' strange wife. 
This unlawful immigrant went so far as to place a tracking device on her car. Nick Christensen with KGBO reports that Canales attacked the lovers, stabbed the man in the chest several times. As police arrived on the crime scene, he tried to rescue his own victim using CPR. He further coerced his ex to back up his claim of non-responsibility. When that didn't hold water, he confessed. Now this plea deal drops related charges. Francisco Canales will be sentenced mid-March to 40 years with 10 suspended. And he has a hold from Immigration and Customs for deportation upon any earlier parole. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. The biggest gun and outdoor gear show in the world is coming up in Las Vegas. The Big Shot Show. Well, you know, a bunch of us Montanans are going to once again be in the house for the big event. Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Next week, three days of live shows from the Shot Show, plus coverage on our radio station websites from the Shot Show in Vegas as well. Are you going to be there? Do you know somebody who's going to be there? Send them our way. Check out the details of our show location. Go to MontanaTalks.com. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks with Erin Flint. All right. Well, she was uh, in band practice earlier in the morning, and then she's got to get back in class here shortly. So that's why we're sneaking around first thing here in this 8 o'clock hour of the show. Gabby Shaw, an eighth grader at Lewis and Clark Middle School in Billings. Gabby, great to have you on the show this morning. Thanks for calling in. Yeah. So tell us about your idea and why you, why you decided to start this, uh, to, to build that wall, to build that Lego wall for the Boys and Girls Club. Well, uh, I have a teacher who's very passionate about having kids have a servant attitude instead of just thinking about themselves. So he picks a few students every year and he challenges us to a project. And he leaves it really open-ended, just something that helps the community and then we can just get really creative with it. And I um, saw that there's, like, a lot of crime with the youth in Billings, and I was like, well, what can I do as a 13-year-old to help that? And so um, I Legos have a lot of benefits for kids, so, like, they can help with brain stimulation and um, help with creativity, and then they can also lessen stress and anxiety in kids. So um, I thought... Well, that's a really cool thing, so I should, I could do something with that since I really like Legos. So then I was asking around to people um, so to find somewhere where I could put the Lego wall, and the Boys and Girls Club came to mind because they help a lot of kids there, and so that would reach a lot of kids and help them. That's so. right. They do a lot of after-school programs, right? So it's, what, yeah. a, what a great activity for kids to do and, and build something together uh, and have some more Legos to, to do this. So how do, what do you envision this Lego wall looking like? Um, well, the Boys and Girls Club gave me some cubbies that I can use. And then so I'm just raising funds right now to get like do- Lego Legos donated or uh, money so that I can buy some tubs and then I can just put the Legos in the tubs and then they can just be on the shelf. And then when the kids want to play with them, they can just take the tubs out and bring them to a table and start playing with them. That's very cool. What's the response been like so far? Because you just, uh, what, sent out a flyer just a few days ago, right? Yeah. 
Um, it's been really good so far because uh, I had some of my aunts put uh, the flyer up on their social pages, you know, Facebook and stuff. So I'm getting a really good response. That's great. Are you a big uh, Lego builder yourself? Uh, yeah, I really like to play with Lego. What are, what are some of the coolest Legos uh, that you've built? Or are, or are you the type that will just grab the box of empty Lego pieces and, and, and build something out of scratch? Yeah, that yeah, I more free play than set. But um, I do have, like, um, uh, from Harry Potter, I have a Quidditch set that I have built, and that one's really cool. Our kids like the uh, the Star Wars sets in particular. Yeah, Th- those ones are are very popular out there. And man, when you when you see the yeah, I mean even even me, man, seeing some of the old Star Wars stuff, you know, the full mockups, it's pretty cool to see the, uh, those. Uh, the, I mean, because it looks like the real thing, the Millennium Falcon. I mean, it looks like the real thing. Yeah. Are your are your friends getting excited about it at at your middle school as well? So I have some friends that know about my Two Roads project, and I've been, like, updating them, and I think it's super cool that I've, like, I'm on the radio, and I'm doing, like, TV interviews and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think kids your age in particular need help? Why Why do you think they're they're facing stress and anxiety? What, what, yeah, I mean, just what are you, what are you just seeing amongst your, your community? Um, well, I think... Because it's like middle school, and so they like want to fit in with all the groups and stuff. And then when they can't, or like people won't accept them, they get angry and upset. So then they do like rash things. Well, isn't that the truth? And that's always been middle school. I, I know talking with teachers, they will just say some, you know, some teachers really love teaching in middle school for that very reason, because it is so challenging. It's such a challenging time for kids. I can imagine even now, I mean, so many kids are, are, are hooked on these electronic devices and things like that. And so then when you don't get the human interaction, um, that can challenge things. So, so Legos kind of, kind of get kids off of those electronic devices as well, right? Yeah. Yep. And, uh, well, what else do you want to tell folks across Montana? Um, oh, uh, yeah. So they can, I have a GoFundMe page, but they can also, um, sort of where they can donate money, but I also have, um, where they can donate Legos instead, and instead of donating money, like Legos they don't have or Legos they think, well, I'm not going to play with these anymore. So why not do something that'll help the community? So, um, they can donate Legos. All right. And uh, and then for our listeners, we've got listeners elsewhere across the state right now as well. But for those who are listening to KBUL and Billings, where can they drop their Legos off at? Um, they can probably drop them off at the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah, and I, and I think I've, I've got the address on our Montana Talks website as well. So it looks like 28, uh, 2817 2nd Avenue North, Suite 202, uh, or we've got contact info for uh, for, uh, for for Gabby as well uh, for folks uh, to, uh, to reach out. Well, Gabby, hey, so cool what you're doing. Um, very well-spoken uh, young lady. Thanks for calling into the show this morning. Yeah, of course. All right. What, what class is next? You skipped out on gym class for us this morning. What, what do you got to get back for next? I have English next. Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, but but you like it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> good good answer, just in case the teacher's listening. All right, Gabby, <laughs> thanks so much for calling in. Uh, great to chat with you. Uh, we've got the phone lines open for you, 406-294-0970. I also get a kick. You know, we get, we get a lot of listeners that will call in, hey, build that wall. Well, hey, here's... 
Here's another build that wall that you can actually make happen. You can get this thing done. You can help out Gabby in her efforts. Go to MontanaTalks.com for the full story. Your phone call is coming up right after this, 406-294-0970. Anything and everything you want to talk about. Securing America. U.S. forces continue to conduct targeted strikes against Houthi-controlled locations in Yemen in the ongoing effort to limit the Iranian-backed group's ability to fire on merchant ships in the Red Sea. After U.S. strikes Wednesday night and Thursday morning, President Biden said that these strikes haven't completely stopped the Houthis yet, but that the strikes will continue. Pentagon Deputy Press Secretary Sabrina Singh offered this assessment. They certainly have less capabilities than they did yesterday or the day before that. She also talked about the effectiveness of the U.S. actions. We've been very successful in that we've been able to um, destroy pretty much all of the targets that we hit. Singh reiterated that those actions are defensive in nature in order to prevent Houthi disruption to the commercially busy Red Sea Passage. It's really up to the Houthis and their own calculations on the actions that if they are going to continue, but um, we will continue to respond if we need to. Kim Uretsky, Fox News. This is the Montana Economic Minute. Before every political debate degenerated into name-calling and every newspaper tried to set itself up as a fact-checker, there was a term used by economists to describe data that was useful. A stylized fact is a broad conclusion based on a big pile of data. And a stylized fact about the U.S. is that there have been two times since World War II that we questioned how well our economy was working. The first was around 1960, when the launch of Sputnik made us think that the Soviet Union was racing past us. A second was around 1990, when the Japanese were cranking out high-quality cars that were a product of an active industrial policy some thought we should have. In both those cases, our hysteria over our waning performance peaked at exactly the time that our would-be competitors started to nosedive. And that brings us to the present, with Chinese-made products in all of our homes and Chinese balloons flying over Montana and concern that we're being passed by rising again. Is history repeating itself? I'm Patrick Barkey. Brought to you by the University of Montana Bureau of Business and Economic Research. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. Hey, I know we got a Canadian driving around the flathead right now, especially now that the mountain got some snow here over the past few days. I'd love to hear from one of our Canadian friends. Uh, lots, lots of lots of great Canadian friends that have uh, you know uh, been you know, coming to the Flathead Valley for for decades, ever since I was a kid. And I'd be interested in hearing from you guys. So Rebel News, I think Rebel News is based in Canada. I, Avi uh, Yemeni or Avi Yemeni, however you pronounce his name, I apologize, Avi. He's doing an incredible job covering the World Economic Forum at Davos. He's the guy who confronted John Kerry, the climate hypocrite. I know he's from Australia, but but Rebel News did such an incredible job covering the freedom convoys in Canada pushing back against vaccine mandates and the absurd tyrannical lockdowns that were pushed by uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. You know, the guy who openly admitted that he was jealous of the communist Chinese leader and the way that he gets to bosses people around. But that's why that's why Trudeau really loved COVID-19 and the power that he was able to flex through COVID-19. And that's why he continues to push his tyranny. But Rebel News has pushed back against it. And so they've done such an incredible job. But but I, I, I want to talk more about the World Economic Forum here in just a few minutes. One of the most shocking things 
that was said by Klaus Schwab at this year's, well, maybe it's not so shocking since it is Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, one of the things he, he is openly talking about at this year's World Economic Forum is he's raising the question, why do we need elections? Why, why do we need elections? We have, we have AI technology. We have predictive technology that can predict what you're going to do, that can predict what the voters are thinking. But this AI already knows what you're thinking. The AI already knows how you're going to vote. So why do we need to have elections? We can just have the AI predictive software just run the election for us and then tell us who the next leader is going to be. Oh, by, by golly, that's, that's coming from the same people that want to lecture us about democracy. The Democrats canceled the, the Iowa caucuses, normally the first in the nation. They, they didn't want to do it in Iowa anymore. Now, now maybe partly due to the fact that, that, the, that the Democrats had such bad election interference that they conducted in their own Democrat caucuses in 2020, that there, or was it 2016, that they're thinking, ah, we don't want to remind people of that one. So let's just cancel it. Let's just move it to another date and call it a presidential preference. Uh, and let's do all mail-in. Let's not, you don't need to do any of this in-person stuff anymore. And so, uh, again, all in the name of democracy. They want to take Donald Trump's name off of the ballot in the name of democracy. Physically, and not just Donald Trump, there's other now candidates elsewhere across the country, Republican candidates that they want to have removed from the ballot as well. Uh, but but now they're saying uh, they're saying it out loud. Why even have elections? Yeah, I mean, come on. No big deal. I mean, they effectively just uh, with removing signature verification. I mean, they totally trampled on elections with that nonsense that not having I.D. requirements. But now they're openly saying it. I want to get to that here in just a second. But but back to this whole idea of the Democrats canceling their Iowa caucus. And it, it looks, man, you know. Kamala Harris admitted it earlier in the week. She is scared as heck about 2024 because they know this administration is such a failure, far worse than Jimmy Carter. And so they know they're in trouble. So at what point will they kick Joe Biden to the curb? Joe Concha was on Fox and Friends first very, very early this morning. That's the program that comes on even before Fox and Friends uh, comes on Fox News. What did Joe Concha have? He had this to say about Michelle Obama and the speculation that Michelle Obama, the uh, uh, the first lady of uh, former President Barack Obama, that the Democrats will try to put her on the ballot at the last minute and subvert the whole democratic process if she is the nominee what is michelle obama's resume exactly she was a lawyer decades ago she's now a producer for netflix what is her position on spending and taxes and crime and the border remember barack obama what was he called the deporter in chief so will she adopt that policy again because i'm pretty sure democrats won't like that very much and with the world on fire china iran ukraine what are her positions there in other words all foam no beer, all sizzle, no steak. I'm not sure Michelle Obama candidacy can even save this party from the current conditions on the ground right now. But Joe, she toes the party line, which as we heard from Kamala the other day is one word, scared. Yeah, anyway, uh, hey, by, by the way, Joe Concha, I got a tip for you. So if you're up at the beer stube and you got all foam, no beer, well, first off, that's not likely to happen because they're pros. 
they have uh, much more capability than the Biden administration does running this country. Uh, but 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 if you do have uh, all foam, no beer, uh, like what uh, that candidacy would look like, just take your finger, uh, you know, brush it across yeah the side of your face, and then swirl it around the glass, and that'll at least lower the foam. Uh, it's a proven trick. Proven trick as the as the son of a former beer stew bartender uh, on Big Mountain, I, I can tell you things like that. Every now, I can't be too. I'm not too helpful, but every now and then, I got something in my toolkit that might help. So that's all you're getting from me this morning. All right. Meantime, uh, let's see. Molly Hemingway, the great Molly Hemingway, uh, Molly Hemingway from the Federalist. She was on with Monica Crowley uh, on uh, Laura Ingram's program last night, and they were speculating about. Okay, now that it it, it seems very clear that Donald Trump will be the nominee, I mean, barring something crazy happening, uh, you know, in in the weeks ahead, who would Trump's pick for vice president be? And the first person they they were talking about, the speculation, was uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik out of New York. And uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik out of New York, kind of interesting. I actually met her husband last year at the SHOT Show in Las Vegas. Uh, he he works uh, uh, in support of your gun rights on Capitol Hill. And so they were like, yeah, his, his wife is Elise Stefanik. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Uh, because, they, you know, at one point uh, when they kicked uh, Liz Cheney to the curb, that's when they had talked about her uh, replacing uh, Liz Cheney on the leadership team. So they, they had, had thrown out speculation that, you know, could Stefanik be the uh, the running mate for a Donald J. Trump? And then here's more. The cons are very serious, though. Oh, let me. Uh, OK, so now Molly Hummingway, she's she's not talking about the cons of Elise Stefanik. She was talking about uh, Nikki Haley. And she started by saying, well, the pros of Nikki Haley being uh, Trump's running mate are that, okay, she appeals to suburban women voters that could be very helpful. Uh, and she appeals to this group. She appeals to that group. And then, and then she starts weighing in on the cons of Nikki Haley. The cons are very serious, though. And it's why you're hearing so many people worried that she might be the nominee. First and foremost, she accepts this liberal interventionism in foreign policy, the type that really a lot of Republicans have moved away from and they are no longer tolerating. She also seems too frequently to be swayed by left-wing narratives. She's easily bullied by the media into adopting leftist talking points. And then finally, she just doesn't have the most impressive record as governor in terms of conservative governance. Well, yeah, some of those old clips have come back to bite her. Monica, and, and quickly here, you you have Byron um, Donalds as a possible uh, pick as well. Real quick on that. Yeah, I think he'd be outstanding. He's another true fighter for America First principles. And, you know, he could really appeal to younger voters and to minority communities as well, go right into minority communities, make the America First uh, uh, argument uh, to them. I think the downside to Byron Donalds is he comes from the same state as Donald Trump, Florida, Um, although geographical balance on the ticket may not matter much anymore. So we shall see, but I think he'd be an outstanding choice. Yeah, that whole geographical balance, uh, they always used to talk about that. Well, you got to pick somebody who appeals to a different demographic. you got to appeal, uh, pick somebody who appeals uh, elsewhere to another state. And, and then, like you might remember in the 2000 elections when George W. Bush, Texas, uh, picked, you know, Dick Cheney. Wyoming to be his running mate. There are a lot of people that are like, well, why would you do that? I mean, you appeal to the same people. You're both basically Western. 
Although some Texans will tell you that they're Southern. I, I think a lot of us think of Texas as being more of a Western state. Anyway, you get the point. Uh, and, and they were still able to win uh, regardless. So I, th- I think that's I think that's even even more to, to Crowley's point here, which is, uh, you know, Trump can just pick uh, who is the best choice, who is the best running mate, the best teammate. He doesn't need to, I think, play the, the, the game of 50 years ago in terms of, well, it's got to be from the states, got to be this, it's got to be that. Speaking of President Trump and speaking of Nikki Haley, uh, Donald Trump also uh, uh, went after Nikki Haley uh, with the 2024 GOP primary election in full swing. Um, here's what uh, Trump had to say about Nikki Haley uh, on Hannity's program last night. But Nikki would, I know Nikki very well. She worked for me for a long time. She would not be able to handle that position. She would not be able to handle the onslaught. Meanwhile, on Capitol Hill, of course, the big news on Capitol Hill, yet another CR, yet another continuing resolution. Here we go again. In fact, Chip Roy says it right. It's like Groundhog Day all over again here. Uh, yet another continuing resolution. I thought Kevin McCarthy was the only guy that does CRs. I thought I thought Kevin McCarthy was the only guy that, that does these continuing resolutions. I thought they got rid of Kevin McCarthy because of continuing resolutions. But yet, here we go again. The yeas are 314. The nays are 108. Two-thirds being in the affirmative. The rules are suspended. And the Senate amendment is agreed to. Continuing government spending at current levels until March. Connecticut Democrat Representative Rosa DeLauro. Some of my colleagues would see that this government would shut down and don't care how hurtful that would be. But Texas Republican Congressman Chip Roy says passing stopgap bills isn't governing. It is Groundhog Day in the House chamber all the time, every day. Yet again, spending money we don't have. Fewer than half of the House Republicans voted for the stopgap. That could mean trouble ahead for House Speaker Mike Johnson. In Washington, Jack Callahan, Fox News. Yeah, and then, then you put in another Speaker of the House, and whether it's Chip Roy or... Another Johnson, I mean, going to get the same thing if these votes keep playing out, if Republicans continue to stay divided instead of uniting in the fight against the radical liberal left and shutting down this border. Apparently, there is still room. These border negotiations are still going on, but uh, I'm not too optimistic myself. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Montana is talking here. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, I want to start jumping into... I I meant to play a clip uh, from the World Economic Forum. uh, Crazy uh, talk coming from Klaus Schwab. Although it's not so crazy when you know it's coming from Klaus Schwab because that guy is just nuts. Uh, that guy is one of these global elites that's really trying to uh, to, to screw up the whole world. He was the guy, uh, remember, talking about the Great Reset and taking advantage of COVID-19 to push in the Great Reset, uh, just like uh, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau was talking about that. Uh, I'll get to that here in just a second. But first, real quick here, uh, we got a note from Karen in Bozeman. Uh, they've got a couple of events coming up. Uh, uh, Karen's uh, been a big part of the Republican women there for uh, uh, for some time. Uh, a great gal. Uh, they've got a couple of events coming up. First, uh, this is on January 25th. So let's see. Next week, January 25th in Bozeman, Elsie uh, Arnton, superintendent of public instruction, who says she is running for Congress. 
Uh, she's going to be speaking uh, at their luncheon uh, in Bozeman. Uh, so that's coming up January 25th. Uh, and then uh, and then uh, Florida Congressman Matt Gates. I think I mentioned this earlier in the week. I said, hey, I've been hearing that uh, Florida Congressman Matt Gates is going to be coming back to Montana alongside Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale. I had uh, had had heard that a few days ago. And, yeah, that'll be January 26th. Uh, at the Rockin' TJ Ranch, they're doing an event there. Uh, now, there's speculation. Some of the speculation was that, oh, he's bringing, he's bringing Gates out. Uh, and I got to meet uh, uh, Congressman Gates in Bozeman several years ago because, because he uh, uh, was a great speaker, a very entertaining speaker. I can't remember if it was a fall roundup or a Lincoln-Reagan dinner, but I got to be the MC for that event. So so got a chance to meet uh, Congressman Gates at that event. But, yeah, he's going to be back in Bozeman uh, for an event. The speculation, some folks were wondering if, if Rosendale will announce that he's, he's not going to run for re-election in the House and that he's going to run uh, again for the Senate and that that's what this event may be designed to do. Um, but according to uh, the Washington Examiner, they're saying that if Rosendale decides to run for the U.S. Senate, apparently he's telling his colleagues that he will, if he decides to run for the Senate, that he won't announce it until just before the March deadline. Uh, that's a piece in the Washington Examiner that just came out last night. Uh, so lots of stuff we could talk about there, by the way. Uh, and now, speaking of the U.S. Senate race, Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy, Navy SEAL veteran, Bridger Aerospace CEO Tim Sheehy, he's already been in the race now for several months. He endorsed Donald J. Trump months ago. He was just in Iowa during the Iowa caucuses stumping for Donald J. Trump, gave a speech on his behalf. Uh, he just picked up a new endorsement that just got announced. Uh, Senator Tommy Tuberville. Or Tommy Tuberville, you know, the uh, former Auburn football coach uh, who is now the Alabama senator who's been trying to fight back against this woke nonsense being pushed on our military. Tommy Tuberville endorses Tim Sheehy, saying, quote, as a football coach for over 40 years, I know how to spot talent. Believe me, when I say Navy SEAL Tim Sheehy is a five star recruit, Washington needs more America first outsiders with business experience. And that's why I'm proud to endorse Tim Sheehy for U.S. Senate. Uh, Sheehy uh, added in response, it's an honor to be endorsed by Coach Tuberville. He's a proven winner, political outsider, and bold conservative leader who isn't afraid to stand up to the career politicians in D.C. to do what's right. That's exactly the type of leadership America needs right now. I look forward to working alongside Coach in the Senate to save America and win big for America First Patriots. Uh, by the way, I, I heard something very interesting from one of my, one of my sources when it comes to these campaigns. Uh, one of the one of the latest political campaign commercials I've heard is the Sheehy campaign pointing out that these these fake phony attack ads that you're hearing against Tim Sheehy basically coming from the Democrats. It's coming from these these shady John Tester affiliated uh, Democrat dark money groups. That's who's funding these ad campaigns against Tim Sheehy, which is another reminder. John Tester is scared as heck. You know, Kamala Harris is is scared as heck about 2024. So is John Tester. John but but he's not he's not just scared of 2024. John Tester is scared as heck 
of Tim Sheehy. He does not want to face a Navy SEAL veteran like Tim Sheehy, uh, a businessman like Tim Sheehy, somebody as well-spoken as, as Tim Sheehy. John Tester is scared as heck of this guy. But but what, what this tipster told me is that the Democrats right now, think about it, it's only January. The Democrats are spending a million dollars a week in Montana right now to launch these fake, phony attacks against Republican U.S. Senate candidate Tim Sheehy, a million dollars a week. That's how scared as heck John Tester is of Navy SEAL Tim Sheehy. I mean, think about that. But the other thing that I also heard is they're not hurting Tim Sheehy's numbers. They're not hurting – in fact, I would almost argue that, that, that the more the Democrats – pile their attacks on Tim Sheehy, the more the people of Montana will rally around him and see him as as the Republican Senate candidate. I mean, that's just my my thoughts. Again, I, I try not to be in the prediction business because anything can happen. But I, I think that that uh, that that if Montanans know that that these fake phony ads against Sheehy, that the Democrats are spending a million dollars a week to put this BS out there, uh, they'll say, oh, no wonder John Tester is so afraid of this guy. And if John Tester's afraid of this guy, maybe he should be the nominee. I think that's pretty interesting. Okay, let's get to the World Economic Forum here. Uh, I, I didn't plan on uh, going uh, down that full campaign path here. But, hey, you never know what we're going to talk about on the show. Klaus Schwab, the great reset guy from the World Economic Forum, listened to what he had to say about elections. The salty Texan shared this via Twitter. By the way, the salty Texan added this. Tech oligarchs must be brought to heel. Schwab suggests for AI, artificial intelligence, to replace voters. Why do we need elections? He said this of Google. Your company is very much involved in it. Schwab then continued by laying out his globalist vision for the next step for digital technology. So technology now is and uh, digital technologies mainly have an analytical power now we go into a predictive power and we have seen the first examples and your company very much involved into it but since the next step could be in, to go into a prescriptive uh, mode which means um, uh, you you do not even have to have elections anymore because you can already uh, predict what uh, predict and afterwards you can say why do we need elections because we know what the result will be oh why do we need elections because we know what the result will be it's even creepier with his accent isn't it my golly and uh, and then I, it just dawned on me again here as i read that tweet from the salty texan once again he was talking to google yeah that google yeah the google that interfered in the presidential election. The Google that said, yeah, you know what, we're gonna make sure that 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 these that these campaign operations, these emails, these 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 requests for contributions, we'll let the Democrat emails go through, but we will not let the, the Republican emails go through. We will the Republican message traffic will go to the the junk folder, but the Democrat emails there will go to primary inbox feed. They interfered. A corporation interfered in the presidential elections, just like Hillary p- paid foreign operatives to interfere in the elections. 
And yet the fake news media went, ran with Russia, 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 Russia. And now they run with democracy. As Klaus Schwab talks about, ah, we don't really need elections. Come on. AI can tell us what's going to happen anyway. We know how this will all end up. He tells us there was some other crazy stuff that Jesse Waters put the spotlight on last night. And what about this term, ecocide? Ecocide. I wonder, did Ken and Great Falls commit ecocide when he decided to burn fossil fuels and stay warm during the cold snap? In most of Asia, rice is still grown with traditional methods, which requires flooding the fields. And when you flood the fields, you, you basically kill the weeds with water. Um, which sounds good, except it takes huge amounts of water. They basically decompose underwater, and when they do that, they release methane. And so, actually, rice production is one of the largest producers of methane, which is, you know, many times more, more toxic in terms of greenhouse gas emissions. Rice is like the top crop in the world. What are they going to replace it with? Lab rice. Yum. Now, so what are the farmers and the fishermen going to do? Well, they don't need jobs because they'll be arrested. All right, listen to what he what he shares next from the World Economic Forum in, in Davos about fishing and this term, ecocide. They think uh, fishermen should be treated with, uh, they should be punished for ecocide, you know, like genocide. Your morning espresso starts right here. It's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. There are really two issues that I would think that every Republican can unite on, and that would be the border being secure and stopping the deficit and debt building of the federal government, especially under Joe Biden. Two trillion more dollars last year alone. It's just it is too much. We cannot survive with all of this uh, as a country. You know, that means this year alone, we're going to, before we pay a penny for our defense, before we pay a penny out of Social Security, Medicare, uh, a penny into any government program and into any government agency, you first have to pay the trillion dollars just to pay the interest on our debt. It's unsustainable. The Sean Hannity Show from coast to coast later today. You know, personal safety for you and your family is a year-round priority. If you have not developed a plan, put buying Burner, the less lethal pistol, at the top of your 2024 resolution list. Now, that's Burner. You spell it B-Y-R-N-A. Now, when you're looking for protection, you need a reliable tool that can send potential threats running in the opposite direction. Burner is the answer. Now, I personally own several Burner launchers. Now, they're legal in all 50 states, and Burner can ship their less lethal pistols and rifles directly to your door. As a responsible gun owner, guess what? You need to strategically rethink your approach on the use of force. We need to be smart by starting with less lethal and determining if we need to elevate our use of force to stop a particular threat. A burner is proudly American. It's manufactured in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Just go to burner, B-Y-R-N-A.com slash Hannity right now. You'll get 10% off on your purchase. Now choose burner for peace of mind and the protection of you and your family. That's B-Y-R-N-A.com slash Hannity. Hannity.
Boy, I tell you what, if you missed Thursday's Montana Talks, we had a very heartwarming show. I'll tell you what, friends and neighbors, neighbors looking after neighbors. You know, we had a couple callers. They wanted to make sure that our good friend Ken in Great Falls survived that severe cold snap, that he survived the global warming that Montana's been suffering. He called in. He's okay. That was the heartwarming moment on Thursday's show. We're going to warm things up again on Friday's Montana Talks, taking your calls and that's mylocalcustomers.com. Brought to you from the Montana Hot Spring Spas and Saunas Live Well, Feel Better Studio. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. This is where Montana Talks. Did somebody say fishing? Is somebody talking about fishing? I know there's at least one guy there. Wait, wait, wait. What did he say about fishing? We didn't get to that point yet. Uh, hold on. We'll, we'll get there right now. Uh, yeah, so, man, it was a crazy segment uh, kind of wrapping up the World Economic Forum in Davos uh, uh, last night by Jesse Waters. You know, we talked a little bit about Davos earlier this week because Avi Yamini uh, the rebel news reporter confronted John Kerry with really it, it wasn't even a tough question. It's a basic question. Whether you're a bartender at the beer stube or or I mean, no matter what you're doing, I mean, those bartenders kind of know it all anyway because they talk to so many different folks. But I, I don't care what your job is. This is the easiest. You don't have to have some journalism degree from Columbia or Northwestern. To think up these questions. He called John Kerry out on his hypocrisy. You guys are sitting here lecturing the entire world about carbon dioxide and carbon footprints. And you guys don't have a carbon footprint. You guys have a private jet, 150 of them, that are landing in Davos on a daily basis. I mean, that, it's just a common sense question. But, of course, John Kerry called it a stupid question. Uh, so anyway, what else, though? One of the other panel discussions they were having, they were having some stupid diversity panel discussion, of course, where they talked about intersectionality. This was the part, though, about fishing. They, they had some radical environmental wacko panel, and this lady was complaining about fishing. We have a kind of cultural, very ingrained habit of not taking damage to nature as seriously as we take damage to people and property. And if you're campaigning for human rights, at least you know mass murder, torture, all of these things are serious crimes. But there's no equivalent in the environmental space. With ecocide, what we see is actually what people are trying to do, what businesses are trying to do is make money, is, you know, is farm, is fish, is do all of these things that are um, you know, producing energy and so on. It, what's missing is the awareness and the conscience around the side effects, around the collateral damage. Imagine you're taking your son fishing this weekend, got your lines in the water. Next thing you know, you're in handcuffs for ecocide. <laughs> ecocide yeah our producer our producer travis says wait wait ecocide wait a minute if, if ecocide is a thing if that's a crime well shouldn't john Kerry and the rest of the folks in davos be arrested right now for their ecocide their ecocidal crimes uh that was a very good point uh you know how did ken and great falls survive the arctic uh, temperatures we had over the past few days ecocide by burning those fossil fuels. Uh, but but also, you heard what that, that crazy environmentalist was just saying right there. Uh, she was saying, well, uh, you, you know, genocide, you know, mass murder, mass crimes. We hold people accountable for that. Do we? Do we hold the communist Chinese accountable for enslaving the Uyghur population? For 
for sterilizing uh, mass populations of Uyghur women? No, we didn't hold them accountable for it. We didn't, heck, we didn't even hold China accountable for COVID-19. And all the people who, who said what a pandemic that was that didn't want to hold China accountable for it. Uh, do we hold Iran accountable for mass murder and torture? No, 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 no. But if there's one guy the Saudis killed, boy, they'll, they'll bring the world down on, on, on Saudis. They'll try to turn the Saudis into a pariah, even though the Saudis weren't the ones firing missiles at U.S. Navy vessels in the Red Sea. The Saudis weren't the uh, you know what I'm saying? It was it was the Iranian proxy groups that were doing all of that, that have been doing all of that. But no, Joe Biden had to turn them into a pariah. And he turned the entire Middle East and the rest of the world into complete and utter chaos. And oh, oh, uh, illegal fishing. Now, illegal fishing is a thing. There are some of these outfits that are that are uh, taking way too many fish. So I, I would agree that there we need to crack down on illegal fishing. But again, who is one of the worst violators of illegal fishing, especially off the coast of South and Central America? Say it again for us, Donald. Come on, Don. China. China. They don't want to hold China accountable there either. When I smoke weed, I get lost in the music. I like to isolate each instrument. The rhythmic bass, the harmonies on the piano, sticky melody. There's someone crossing the street. Sorry, I, I didn't see him there. If you feel different, you drive different. Don't drive high. It's dangerous and illegal everywhere. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.